0: How's it going, guys? Welcome to the Trades and Grades podcast. I'm your host, No Wright. Alongside me is Caleb Neme. No Camden Gongler tonight. He is not feeling the best. So um sad because he's missing out on a great episode. Today we're gonna be doing flaming hot takes, the boldest takes for the 2022 season. Um, essentially things that you think are pretty much very on the outside of possibility, but like just enough where are like, maybe that's believable. Um, and so The goal is just just to have fun with our fancy takes as we're beginning the fancy football season tomorrow, I guess today, if you're listening to this on Thursday, um, with the the Rams and the Bills. Um, That's going to be a great game. Uh, If you have, you know, Cooper Cuppers, Stephon Diggs, Josh Allen, Stafford, any of those guys, um, you're going to be pumped because you get to play those guys on Thursday night. I don't have any of them. I don't think in any of my leagues. So uh, that's tough. Um, but yeah, Caleb, how you feeling about the, uh, the start of the fantasy football season?
1: Oh, so super excited. I mean, this is what we've been building for. This is what we've been talking for about since March, since the NFL draft, like all of a sudden, all of our work, all of, if you're in dynasty leagues, all of a sudden, all of your off season is about to come into fruition. And if you're in redraft leagues, like we're just excited to see some good football being played on Thursday night.
0: Yeah, it is pretty crazy when you think about it. We started this podcast and show in April, I think. Beginning of April, we talked about it in March. Um, I thought about making a show probably back in February and just didn't have right right pieces at the time. It eventually came together. Uh, but we've been talking about dynasty now redraft as well, just fantasy football in general for months and months and months. Basically since the season's been over. So for the first time since we've been a show, we actually get to start having fantasy football. So yeah, we get to put put our uh, our money where our mouth is and uh, see if some of the. You know the uh, the analysis we've been going over for the last I don't know how many months. Um, you know it's, it's helping people who's listening to this. But before we get any further, I just want to say um, if you guys haven't yet, please like this video and subscribe to the uh, the YouTube channel. We've been grinding it out. Um, and if you're listening on the podcast, please go. Uh, I think you can follow and uh, please leave a review, a five star review. You can write a review as well. It'd mean a lot to us. We put uh, we put a lot of work in the last couple months. Uh, you know putting these out every single week um last week we had two that went out so we just want you guys to know like we're consistent we're trying to make sure that we get out good content and as this next uh, you know the football season goes on we'll be coming out each week with a uh, kind of a recap and then guys who we think that um you guys should pick off either off the waiver wire or who you should be trading for or giving away so that's what we're gonna be having for the next uh, it was 18 weeks so uh and we're also on twitter so if you haven't followed us on twitter at trades n the letter n grades um and then follow also kills has uh own channel um which i guess you just what look up caleb name me on youtube
1: you find me everywhere with just my name i think that's the most like basic way to find me so you find yeah. me on instagram
0: find me on twitter find me
1: on youtube like appreciate all the support but yeah tiktok uh, TikTok too and hey, you know what my tiktoks aren't as good as yours Noah's, but they're getting there <laughs> so mick if you're if you're listening I appreciate help. all of your uh appreciate all of your support and guidance here recently
0: has he been helping you i didn't even i didn't even ask you know he
1: gave me he gave me some tips tips uh tricks to use with the editing thing because he's got his own little tiktok channel that is crisp with highlights yeah so.
0: ziggy prods at things like at ziggy prods but yeah he said uh, i Talked to him real briefly, but he said it's really difficult to explain over the phone. He wish he could tell you in person and then show you stuff, but um, I'm glad he's been able to help you out some. But. Without further ado, let's get to our first hot take of the night. Caleb, let's kick us off.
1: Yeah, kicking us off. Uh, I'm just going with my top quarterback that I feel like I have in a lot of leagues, but now we're looking at going into this season is going to be Trey Lance finishing as the QB three and fantasy at the end of the season. Now, this is feeling pretty bold right now because you're like, oh my gosh, Caleb Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, like, What, how, how do you value those guys and how are they going to fall off and how is Trey Lance going to make it? But this is where we're going with the spicy hot take. If we look last year, Trey Lance is in the same exact situation that Jalen Hurts was a very run first quarterback that has that mobility, that Konami code that we're looking for and playing for an offense that is pretty good, but we don't think the team is necessarily going to be just freaking amazing. Maybe they are. Maybe the 49ers will actually over have overachieve and overdo their expectations, Uh, But we're already going into week one. George Kittle is potentially going to be hurt. So it's going to be the Trey Lance show because it's him, Debo Samuel, and Brandon Ayuk. And I'm just excited. I think he has the rushing upside where he gets you that 30 to 40 yards per game, which will be an extra four fantasy points on top of probably throwing somewhere around 250 to 300 yards a game. If he can get somewhere around maybe two, you know, Getting you a rushing touchdown every other game, on top of throwing for two touchdowns a game, like at the end of the season, you're going to be really surprised with the value that Trey Lance shows. And I'm excited because most of likely you drafted him in somewhere around the quarterback nine to quarterback twelve range in your redraft drafts, or if you're in dynasty, you drafted him. You know, you've been waiting for this man to start and become what everyone thought he was going to be last season. So just super excited for uh, Trey Lance this year, and that's my bold, spicy, hot take.
0: Yeah, I mean that's that's literally. The whole point of the show is to have something crazy that's like just just possible. And I think that is possible. Um, if the th- the biggest thing for me, we talked about this already with Camden, um, is I am worried slightly that if they are looking to win and Trey isn't as a football, real NFL football player, who they think that they need to succeed, they've already had Jimmy G take him to the NFC championship game. They've shown that he can provide for the team, he can make it there. Um, that's my only concern. If Trey Lance gets to play all 17 games and then, you know, obviously some of the playoffs, um, which wouldn't concern fantasy football, but if he gets to play all 17 games, I think just from his l- rushing floor alone, he has immense upside um, and he has all the weapons necessary. He has a great coach. Um, he's got Debo, uh, Brandon Ayuk, and Elijah Mitchell. I mean, that's – and Kelly talked about too, um, which he's had some injury issues in the past, but when they're on the field, that's a pretty – We'll, we'll just say he's got a better shot at hitting his upside than poor Justin Fields does based on the map weapons he has around him, um, even though I love Justin Fields. But, yeah, I think that that's possible. I mean, he might be able to hit that. Again, I think the biggest concern for me is, is if he can stay on the field uh, without Jimmy G being there. Uh, I don't know how that's going to go over in the locker room. I know that I saw reports of Trey Lance being upset uh, that Jimmy G was still there uh, when they re-signed him for that, for that deal. Um, which I mean, Loki, I kind of would be too, Uh, but I don't know. We'll see. Uh Do you have any concerns related by him being overtaken by Jimmy G? I don't want to be a dead horse from last no, week. No, but...
1: not, not at all. I think the thing with uh Jimmy G, I think it's just great insurance for the 49ers. They draft, they, they, what three first round draft picks into Trey Lance, essentially like the time is now to start getting Trey Lance ready. Otherwise you're going to turn Trey Lance into uh, Jordan love. And then you're going to ever wonder if that was great value. You're going to start calling him a bust without even ever seeing him. So the time to develop him is now. And so I'm not concerned at all. I think the only way Jimmy G gets in is if Trey Lance looks like freaking uh, Peterman out there and throws five interceptions in a game and or uh I don't know. Gets injured, and then they just have to throw Jimmy G in there. So I don't. I and the other thing is, I don't think the trade market was there for Jimmy G. So it's like you might as well just keep him because he is a very capable quarterback.
0: I do think that it is. It was kind of weird, maybe just because of the contract situation that nobody wanted him because he's on. And I don't know his whole injury, you know, because he, he we had surgery over the over the summer or in the spring, and so you know there's that lingering. But that the fact that the Panthers had Sam Darnold didn't want Jimmy G. Um, then the Browns with their whole fiasco didn't want Jimmy G. The Seahawks are rolling with Geno Smith, so maybe they're trying to tank a little bit, but their team's not that awful. They've had O line, they have young, well, they have a DK, and then I guess Lockett's solid, he's, he's aging, but and I don't know about their defense so much, but it's not like they're a horrible team. Um, so they're in an odd spot, I guess. They weren't looking to contend this year, really. Um, but the, I feel like there were places for. Jimmy G to go. And they just didn't. Um, I don't know. I think it's weird that he didn't, they didn't get picked up, but um, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll move on to, uh, I guess it's segueing to a quarterback of mine um, that I'm going to pick this. I literally just thought about this and I was like, you know what? I'm going to go with this because I've been touting them for the last like month or so for redraft. And so and this is what this is, but I think that this isn't maybe not the hottest Hot take of all, but this is like semi-hot, I guess. I will say Kirk Cousins will be a top five fantasy quarterback. Um, which I think is like it's kind of hot, but it's not like the craziest thing ever. Here's why. I first off, I think Kirk Cousins is extremely underrated in both dynasty and redraft formats. Um, but we look at the last couple of years, he's been very consistent staying around the quarterback 10-11 range. And he's never had a finish better than quarterback five, I believe, um, which is dating back to his time in Washington. So he's shown that he can be a top five, but it's been a while. He's 34 years old. That was back in 2016. And so the last couple of years he's finished 11th, 11th, 19th, 13. So you're like, well, what, what has really changed in last year? Well, it's their head coach, right? Kevin O'Connell coming over from the Rams. and the offense, you saw what happened last year were completely rejuvenated their offense—not that it's been bad in the past—but to have Cooper Cup go crazy as he did, Robert Woods was a top twenty uh, wide receiver as well. He's wide receiver eighteen until he had his you know ACL injury. Cooper Cup obviously was wide receiver one, and Matthew Stafford had the best year that he's ever had in fantasy, he tied for his best with a quarterback five finish. And I think that those are very similar guys. I think Stafford and Kirk are—I might tip my hat to Stafford a little more. Um, but I think that they're very close. And I think that Adam Thielen is somebody that's underrated as well, who has shown he can be a top 10 wide receiver in the NFL. You have the number one wide receiver in dynasty and Justin Jefferson. And then you have Dalvin cook who is a stud and he's right on the edge of his prime, but I think he's still got a prime the year this year. So between all of that, I think that they have the weapons necessary to get Kirk in that offensive Kevin O'Connell to throw for an insane amount. And he's a good quarterback. So I think just on the offensive volume alone, it's going to raise him to become probably top five. I think he could even get maybe the four spot, but yeah, that's where I'm at with Kirk.
1: Bold, bold takes, but I will say this. I will say <laughs> this about Kirk cousins, any team that I've drafted Trey Lance I always grab Kirk Cousins as my QB two, And I'll be honest, I I think there might be a point this season and I know I just made a huge bold take about why I'm so hype on Trey Lance. My other spicy take is I would easily see on those teams that I might be starting Kirk Cousins most of the weeks if worst comes to worst. And so I definitely agree with everything that you just said. Uh, Justin Jefferson's about to go bonkers. So Kirk Cousins is, of course, going to have to go bonkers for Justin Jefferson to go bonkers.
0: Yeah, I've been trying to get Justin Jefferson in my home league because it is a start. So you get two running backs, two wide receiver, and then two flex, obviously quarterback and tight end as well. But, like, you only have four spots where you can play a wide receiver, and the league's not super deep, and it's only 10-team, right? So, like, you want the studs. You want the firepower. Like, if you have good depth, I had good depth, but, like, at what point what does that get you? Because it's like, okay, well, yeah, you have good depth, but like you're never gonna play this guy anyway. So hence why I made the trade for Pitts last week with Camden. Um and so I've been trying to just Jefferson, but man, it's like, well, I have anything left at this point? <laughs> like, even if, if I do get him, like, will I have anything? It'll it be will it be worth it? But I just I just know that he's gonna go crazy. Like I would at everybody in the league, I think he's gonna be wide receiver one. I think he could have a year like Cup did this past year, and I'm just like, an overpay today is underpay tomorrow, even though the like the underpay is like an insane amount. I just don't know if you can even if there's a number you can put on Justin Jefferson at this point. So, which just kind of sucks because I want him so bad. Yeah,
1: no, I definitely see where you're coming from. I would disagree with you on Justin Jefferson being the overall wide receiver one because. I think even if Cooper Cup progresses, he's still going to end up as a wide receiver one, which I know hasn't happened in a long time. So it's, it's Justin Jefferson is of course the, the most l- other likely candidate to take over the, the crown of being the wide receiver one, but it'll be, like I said, I like that Kirk Cousins take quite a lot. Um, my second bold take, we'll go into my second one. If you're okay with that, uh, Noah, is that Elijah Moore is going to be a top 10 wide receiver this year. I'm all over Elijah Moore. And I just tweeted about it yesterday. And a lot of people, cause I traded in one of my dynasty leagues. I traded Cortland Sutton straight up for Elijah Moore. And a lot of people were, I think taking the Sutton side, like Sutton has more upside than Elijah Moore. And I'm like, has no one seen all the pictures of him and his like 25 pounds of muscle that he's gained. He looks like, uh, looks just, juicy like i don't even know another word <laughs> to describe how he looks like he just he looks like saquon like when that those saquon pictures come out of the quads and you're just like man that's right. an athlete. like saquon. that's what that's how saquon yeah I, that's how i look at elijah Moore. And, and i know a lot of people are like well you know it's not going to be his year like whatever like zach wilson is injured and he's not gonna be back until week four like i am not that up. like i'm not worried at all that joe flacco is going to be the starting quarterback like joe flacco is a very capable backup and to be completely fair do we actually know that Zach Wilson's better than Joe Flacco? Like when Joe Flacco came in last year, I think like the points per game on a fancy points per game basis was like one and a half fantasy points a game, which like is like nothing. So I'm confident that Elijah Moore, still the wide receiver one there for the New York jets that I'm not worried about Garrett Wilson. I'm not worried about Braxton Berrios. I'm not worried about Corey Davis. Like the bro is going to get somewhere around 120 to 130 targets. And as long as he does something with them, granted, they might not be the same targets as what, an Allen Robinson or Cooper Cup's going to get, or maybe even our, our boy Justin Jefferson's going to get from Kirk Cousins. But um, I'm still confident that he can do something with them. So as long as he can turn that 130 target, 100 like 30 targets, somewhere around 95 to 100 receptions, you're looking at like 1,100 yards, probably somewhere around seven or eight touchdowns. That's all you need to be a top 10 wide receiver.
0: Yeah, no, that's. Uh, I don't. I I feel like that. If Elijah Moore is on any other team. Maybe not any other team, but a lot of other teams, I would be all like, like you said, like that he is such a probably undervalued player right now, especially in redraft. I posted on, I saw that tweet and I commented and like I was thinking about like Dynasty and I was like, okay, well, Sutton this year, I think probably has top 12 upside with Russ. I think that's going to be who Russ is going to be going to mostly. He's a bigger body like DK. You've seen what he can do with DK. He might not be the exact same athlete, but he's a similar, you know, body type. I think that could be his go-to. And so for the next two to three years at least, because, you know, he's had a contract, probably three or four, he's going to be, I think, close in in the range of like 12 to 18. Wide receiver 12 to 18, maybe he breaks the top 10. Whereas Elijah Moore, he just so screwed the situation. That said, we saw what happened this past summer and off season with, like A.J. Brown getting traded in the draft to the Eagles. Like, you just have no idea what's going to happen, where people are going to go. So I don't want to be, like, situational. You want to buy talent. It seemed like right now Sutton was the way to go. But, like, I completely understand Elijah Moore. I just wish – like, I honestly would feel better if Joe Flacco – if they said Joe Flacco is a starting quarterback. I'm being serious. I, I don't – Zach Wilson I just don't think is good, really um i I want him to be good because i want the jets offense to be good but i mean i would i wish that they could go out and like get jimmy g and it makes sense for them i don't think it probably does a ton because they have wilson there so it sucks but if they i don't know at what point they're gonna get a new quarterback hopefully zach wilson can shine um but i feel like jimmy g there would boost all that offense like an insane amount he's not even like a star like he's just you know just a guy that gets you
1: the ball right where you need yeah. it to
0: be and and yeah so in for my garrett wilson shares i think garrett wilson's gonna have a, a poo poo year and then everyone's be like oh what the heck and then you can get him for cheap next summer um
1: see and that's my thing right now i wish i would have thought this through because there was a lot of leagues that i drafted garrett wilson as my wide receiver one and yep. I, I just to diversify from like Drake London. And I regret that because I feel like Drake London's going to hold his value and Garrett Wilson isn't, even though I think give it in three years, I think Garrett Wilson's going to be worth more than Drake London. I just think this next year is just going to be so bad for Garrett Wilson's value, but that's right. I, I, I descend. Yeah.
0: No. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. And I've, I feel similarly. There's a, I had a league where I had the one Oh one, the one Oh two and the one Oh seven. My home league, I had the 101, the 102, the 105, and I made a bunch of trades, but eventually I got to the the one, 103 somehow, and I – Kenneth Walker had been taken. I took Brees Hall at the first pick in both those leagues. And at the 103, I took Garrett Wilson over all the other wide receivers. But then in my other league where I had the second pick, I took Drake London because so I was like, ah, i got to diversify here. Even though I love Garrett Wilson, you know, I just got to make sure I don't have all my eggs in the same boat. Um, So – yeah, I don't know. I think that um, if Elijah Moore was on, like I said, a lot of other teams, he would be a lot more, you know, valuable slash reliable. I don't know what the offense is going to look like this year. A new quarterback would be fantastic for me because I have Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall. one of my teams, and um, I'd be loving it. So we'll see. Uh, but, no, I mean, he has a talent. It's a hot take just because I think the situation, but he certainly has a talent to do so. Yeah. Um, yeah, go it's ahead. spicy.
1: So, who? What's your What's your next high, high, spicy hot take?
0: All right. So, I'll go on to uh, my first wide receiver, as you did. Um, I'm going to go with Michael Pittman is a top three wide receiver this year. Yep, that's right. Top three wide receiver. It's spicy. Um, but here's the deal. Michael Pittman last year, he had just under 1,100 yards. Um, six touchdowns, so, like, pretty solid season. His wide receiver, like, 17, um, and he played a lot of the season. So, points per game, he's probably slipping down because of how many games he played. Um, But I think even last year, where he had nobody else to compete with, he's going to have Al Pierce this year to compete with a little bit more. Maybe Paris Campbell stays on the field if he can. But other than that, it's not like he's had any extra, you know, crazy wide receivers that's, like, added to the team. It's not like they got to – a Mike Williams or something in free agency or or Calvin Ridley before he got the suspension Thinking about maybe be getting traded over there. But um, when I look at Michael Pittman's year last year, I feel like he was not used as well as he perhaps could have been because of who is quarterback. Now I think Carson Wentz is underrated in his ADP right now, but as a NFL quarterback last year, and I was listening to the Dynasty Nerds podcast The Colts were at the bottom of the league in red zone targets, uh, red zone throws uh, to wide receivers and tight ends and whatnot. Because one, they have Jonathan Taylor, right? So that's going to be, that's not changing this year. But two, they were terrified of when Carson Wentz to throw the ball in the red zone. Now they have Matt Ryan, who in Atlanta was at the top of the league in red zone throws. So you go from a guy who's very tactical, he knows what he's doing, doesn't make very many mistakes, and Matt Ryan, He now has a better offensive line. They had Atlanta, which is huge for him at his age. And you mix him with Michael Pittman, who's a big body. You get him in the the red zone. Even last year, he finished 14th in red zone targets with 17. He caught eight of them. But if he had bottom-of-the-league red zone targets and he was still 14th, imagine what they can do with somebody who can actually throw the ball and they actually trust in him in the red zone. That's going to be an exponential. I know we can't exactly – um, estimate touchdowns. And I'm, I'm not going to do that, but he's going to have a lot more targets in the red zone for him to get those touchdowns outside of that. Um, he would just get all the way around. He's on the field. He's the number third in route participation. So he's on the field literally all the time. Um, and he was third or sorry, seventh in the league per uh, pass attempt. So as much as they, they're throwing the ball, you know, he is catching as a two point zero eight yards per team pass. So he's very efficient. Um, I was trying to see what else I had down here. But um overall, I feel like if he gets in this, oh, route wins. So looking at his uh, all the wide receivers in the NFL, he ranked third in total route wins. So he can win. He's a very tactical runner, you know, he's he's got really good route running. And now you have Matt Ryan. And then you increase what he has in the red zone and all those three things, I think is just going to be a better offense all the way around. And maybe just maybe wide receiver three. <laughs> I, I,
1: I don't know, man. I, I, I love me, Michael Pittman, but the moment that he started going from being a middle fourth round pick to now he's going like in the beginning of the third round, just because all of this hype, like I just, I, I kinda I kinda fell off him. Not because I don't think he's a talented wide receiver that the situation is greater that Mike Ryan loves the target his wide receiver one. Like all of those are true. It's just I don't see him being like I, I think the top three is a little bit high. If he would have said top five, I think that would have still been tough, but I could have seen him sliding in. Uh, I'm banking, I'm banging on Michael Pittman being a top 15 receiver this year, but I think he's gonna finish somewhere around wide receiver 13 or 14, is where I would guess he finishes.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say top five, but I didn't think it was spicy enough, so I went. Oh, top you made three. you just you just <laughs>
1: added the extra sizzle. I love, it. Yeah. I
0: love it. I was like, well, I mean, top five is like, I think it's in the realm of possibility, but top three, it's like literally almost impossible for him. So, but like we saw, Cooper Cup did. No one would ever guess that. So, I guess we'll see. I don't know, but okay. uh, yeah.
1: So, for my next spicy take, do you want me to do a running back or do you want me to do a receiver? Because I got I got two options here, and I don't know which one to um, do. So, you de- you decide for me.
0: Okay. I'd like to hear running back.
1: Okay, my my th- maybe you know what? I, I I wrote it down and it's not spicy enough, so I'm I'm just adding adding <laughs> see, a sizzle. See, uh, like... I know, I know, I know. Mine was like a safe sizzle, and it just I want we're going full fajita right now. Is what we're gonna yep. do. So uh,
0: then when we get this right, you look like an absolute genius. I look like an absolute genius. Nice. Or
1: if I if I if I don't get it right, then everyone forget that I said whatever no, I just said no, here. No, no Travis Travis Etienne is going to finish as a top five fantasy running back this season. Um, a lot to be said about Travis Etienne about the fact that it, all these reports are coming out. James Robinson's going to be ready to go, fully ready to go by week one. Like, cool, I don't even care about James Robinson. Because if you were scared about James Robinson last offseason when Travis Etienne got the first round draft capital, then why are we scared for him now after an Achilles injury? Like, that's all I have to say about that. And the other fact of the matter is, cool, give James Robinson some touches because Travis Etienne is going to be out there all three downs. He's going to be doing the receiving work. He's going to be sliding over into the quote-unquote what the role should have been for LaVisca Chenault. Gosh, they didn't use him right. But Travis Etienne will be sliding over there in a Debo Samuel role where he'll be able to do those short intermediate routes on top of the fact that he's probably going to get somewhere around, I would imagine he's somewhere between 15 to 25 touches a game. And that? based on the talent profile that we have for him, that he is that Alvin Kamara, DeAndre Swift, light version. If the Jags actually have a good offense this year, which, like I said, this is spicy because I do not believe they are going to have a good offense, I could see that they're going to have to throw the ball a lot. And who are they going to throw the ball to? Travis Etienne. Uh, If he ends the year, I could see him ending the year somewhere around that 85 catch mark, which I know is super high because Najee Harris, last year had 75 receptions, was like, Boy, I think he was like maybe the fourth highest receiving running back last season. That like played a predominant role in his fantasy football value. But no, Travis Etienne, if all things go right for him this season. Well, I think if all things go right for him, but all things go wrong for the Jags, I think he he's in to have a great fantasy football season.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, they get into uh I mean he, he's predominantly gonna be pass catching back, right? So even if they get down. They'll be, if, if they need to throw checkdowns, that's who's going to be throwing checkdowns to you. And his teammates um, in college with Trevor Lawrence, obviously. So that, that is very helpful. Um, I can see it happening just because of his PPR upside, right? He, he's going to be catching a crap ton of passes, hopefully. Um, I watched the preseason, uh, all of his passes, and they did throw it to Christian Kirk a lot. So that's kind of like a guy that I keep my eye on, which makes me feel disgusting. Um, I don't know why I just really don't like Christian Kirk there.
1: Neither. I do not like Christian Kirk. I just talked about that actually today. I I so you don't like Christian Kirk either? I'm glad we're discussing this.
0: No, yeah. I the thing is, it's more of like a like a gut feeling than like statistical. Like I just don't he's just not a sexy pick. Like it's just man, it's Christian Kirk. It's the Jaguars. Are is he even if he's a number one there, how good is that even gonna be? Like, okay, maybe he's a wide receiver twenty-five, right? And I guess at that point, with where his cost is at, maybe the juice is worth the squeeze. But to me, it's just it's not like he's got this crate like this upside where you're like, oh well, he could be like a wide receiver, fifteen or something. And I just don't really see that there. That would blow my mind if it did. And so yeah, no, I I feel kind of gross about Christian Kirk. But um, sorry.
1: No, not that. We're, now that we've gotten on this tangent, the only thing this will be my final thing. I know we. He's not a spicy take on Christian Kirk. Neither of us are making any spicy takes on Christian Kirk, besides the fact that he was not successful as a wide receiver, too, in a loaded Arizona Cardinals offense when he was playing one-on-one most of the time. Now he goes to a Jags offense where he's going to have to be the man. He ain't going to be the man. So don't don't worry at all about Christian Kirk. Actually, my spicy take, Christian Kirk finishes the season outside the top 40 wide receivers.
0: Dang. Well, I mean, that this would spell terribly for the Jaguars, or he gets injured like right away or something. Cause that's their main guy. And, um, but yeah, I don't, I wish I had a running back. I was going to think about getting a running back, but I was like, DeAndre Swift running back one. That's like, ah, too easy. I can't say that. That's a you've freebie. Been,
1: you've been saying that all, all off season. Yeah. Anyway.
0: That's a freebie. But, um, yeah. So I also, before I did the Kirk cousins one, Another freebie. We're just throwing free ones out. Uh Adam in top ten. Um, just putting that out there. I could go into why, but like, just trust me on that. It's your um, same
1: thing with your love for Kirk Cousins. It's they go yeah. hand in hand.
0: Yep, pretty much. That's why I was like, yeah. So once I did Kirk Cousins, I felt like I couldn't do two Vikings. So I will do my my third and final one, which is um that Chris Olave and Michael Thomas are both gonna be top twenty-four wide receivers this year. Insert sizzling noise. So, I think that, I mean, we first off, Michael Thomas is Michael Thomas if he's healthy, which is a big F, and I get that he hasn't played his football in two years, um, and it's hard to trust him at this point, which is why this is kind of a hot take. But if he does stay healthy and he's on the field, he is going to ball out. Jameis Winston back in 2019 with the Bucks, they had a full season. He was able to support wide receiver two and wide receiver four, and Chris got him Mike Evans and points per game. So we know he can do it if he gets the right offense, if, you know, coach Kutchev trusts him. Um, and so he's had a full offseason, come back from that injury. Hopefully he's ready. But I think Chris Olave, even inserts smaller, spicy take, could be the best wide receiver, rookie wide receiver this year. And I might score the most points, to be honest, because most of the other situations are kind of crappy. Um, I think Winston's going to throw the ball a crap ton, at least I hope so. And um, and so, because all they have left, I mean, they, they still only have Alvin Kamara. He's getting older. I'm not sure how much they're going to run him in between the tackles. Um, and so I'd like to see them just throw the ball a ton. They, they have Jarvis Landry there as well. Um, but I could see in a world where they let Jameis rip the ball, um, and Alave, the deep, you know, that deep threat, and then Michael Thomas, slant boy, all day, just cooking defenses.
1: Well, you know me, my Ohio State love, two Ohio State <laughs> wide receivers, and uh, Jameis Winston supported two top 10 wide receivers. Why can't he support two top 24? Uh, that arguably, you could argue that Michael Thomas is better than Mike Evans. I know we can't actually say that because he's been injured the last two years, but in his prime, Michael Thomas was better than Mike Evans. I think everyone would agree with that. And you could also argue that Chris Olave potentially – might be more talented than Chris Godwin was that one season where he was the wide receiver three. Now I am not, I'm not the man that's going to say that and do that. I have heard some arguments like that. That is a spicy hot take, but uh, I, I, I I agree with you over there. Uh, I do do like that take quite a bit. And uh, for anyone that had did draft Chris Olave uh, pretty late, I think he was going somewhere around like what the 10th to 12th round. Like that would do wonders to your fantasy football team.
0: Yeah, I got him. I was looking over my Scott Fishbowl team cuz we drafted in July and so things have changed up quite a bit. Um and that's a weird it's a weird league based on how they score quarterbacks. Um but I was looking back and I Gianna Hurts is my quarterback one and I was like, oh man, that's nice. Even though they put a big emphasis on accuracy, his rushing four is still there. But I had looking down the list. I got Jameis Winston because the way the draft went, I had to go QB two like late in Superflex League for the Scott fish Bowl, and I picked Jameis Winston, and then I paired him with Chris Olave, and he's he's on my bench right now. But I'm just like, if you want to win that thing, you pretty much just have to go all out, and so I was like, you know what? We'll just see if this works. So I'm just banking that Chris Olave and Jameis Winston are eating breakfast together right now. And they're just like, yeah, that's right. We're about to throw for, like, 5,000 yards. And uh, Lave's about to have a 1,000-yard catch season and, like, 12 tutties or something. I don't know.
1: You know what's going to happen? Jarvis Landry's going to be the serial one that's been eating Disgusting. breakfast all the time. And you could have drafted him, like, three rounds later. But, you know, you took Chris Olave. So, whatever. But, no, I'm kidding. I, I like Chris Olave. I love the upside. I love the speed. I'm excited for him this season, for sure.
0: All right. We'll give you... I'm. I already gave all my hot takes. So we'll you know give what? You I'll one give. I'll give we'll one done. more.
1: I'll do. I'll do one more. Uh, DK Metcalf is going to finish as a top fifteen wide receiver this year. Now, I don't have like anything to like. Be like, oh, this is so exciting. He now has Drew Locker, or Geno Smith. Maybe the worst. I mean, actually, it is the worst quarterback of his NFL career up to this point. So we can't like be hyping anything up. I think the thing that I like about DK Metcalf this year is not the fact that he is going to be getting these high value targets, but that he is going to be getting like a high target share. Um, Last year he did have, uh, he played 797 snaps and he had a target share of 27.2%, which a 27% target share is like really good. And I know he didn't produce maybe to the level that he did the season before. So like a lot of people are like, just like, Oh crap. Like DK Metcalf's like touchdown or bust. But the thing is the Seahawks are going to be so freaking bad on defense. They are going to be playing from behind every stinking game. And now I know they love to run the ball, but if you're down by 14, 21 points, like, you're not just handing the ball off to Rashard Penny because your fans are going to start to boo you, and you're just, it's not going to work like that. And their defense isn't good enough for them to, I think, run the same amount. So, hot take uh, Rashard Penny and Kenneth Walker are probably not going to be of the value that you're expecting them to be in the drafts. I know, even though you got them pretty late, you got them like in the seventh and eighth round. But DK Metcalf, they're going to be throwing the ball a lot. So, I would not be surprised if DK Metcalf gets 140 targets, which I need, let me double check how many targets he had last season. Um, give me one second no, as I'm figuring he this had 129, 120. He's had
0: 129, the last two seasons. Yeah.
1: So I think he, I think he gets up. How many did I say? Did I say 140? No, I forgot yeah. what I said. Okay. Yeah. I think yeah, he gets like 140. up. Yeah. Which I think would be enough for him to up that production just slightly. And granted, of course, those targets aren't going to be the same quality, but maybe what if, what if even those targets get up to 145, 150? So I don't know. I know you probably drafted D.K. Metcalf as your wide receiver three in the fifth or sixth round. People were saying he's talent, but he's in a terrible situation, but that's what we're banking on. Sometimes talent actually outplays the situation, so that's what I am banking on here this season with D.K. Metcalf in my spicy hot take.
0: Yeah, I think that – so I have D.K. in one of my redraft leagues as like – let's see, I have Keenan Allen – I think I have. Oh crap! I don't remember who my wide receivers are. He's like wide receiver four. I do have Adam Thielen on that team as well. Um, yeah, Deontay Johnson, Waddle, Allen, Metcalf, Thielen. So it's like I'm not starting right now. I just want to see what's what's going to happen. Um, but if we're looking at last year, um, you know, he wins against man. So he was finished target rate against man was third in the NFL. Fancy points per target versus man's number five, um, and when you look at where he dominates, is those deep targets, right? Supposedly, he's getting all these deep throws, like whatever, and everyone's worried. Well, now that you know Russell Wilson's there, he was such a good like deep ball thrower. Now you have Drew Lock or Geno Smith, but he had he was ranked third in the NFL in deep targets with thirty, but he was ranked first in the NFL for unrealized air yards so total air yards minus actual receiving yards so he's getting thrown the ball all the time but he didn't actualize like he didn't really see them in receptions it's not like he was dominating all over like deep down the field while they threw the ball to him a lot down the field that didn't necessarily mean he's had the opportunity to catch them or you know maybe he wasn't catching on him but it wasn't like russell wilson and him were just like some unstoppable duo russell wilson wasn't perfect and the finger thing really set him back. He tried to come back way too fast from that, in my opinion. Um, but it's not like it's some sort of, oh, no, the sky is falling. He's only this guy that they can throw deep to, and he scores touchdowns, and he's big, and he can't separate, but he really can't separate all that well. But he's given such a big cushion that it didn't even matter. And so when he has so many unrealized air yards from last year, and he still finished at a points-per-game basis as, let's see, wide receiver 20, 14.4. If they can tighten that up, they're going to run a different – they can't run the same offense you know, as they did. They're not going to be throwing deep bombs with Gino and whatnot. But going back to last year in the – I think it was like three games or so where Gino was a quarterback, uh, DK was about 17 points per game, um, I believe. Actually, maybe Gino played more than that. might have been five games. He played three and like a half last year. Um, when Russell got hurt, so week six, seven, and eight, um, was when uh, Matt or er, sorry, when uh, Wilson got hurt, so week six, seven, and eight is when he started. DK in those weeks: 11.8, 17.6, 22.3. and so I'm not particularly worried. That's such a small sample size. I understand that, but I think he's being hated too much. So top fifteen, totally possible for me. I
1: should have said top 10, make it a little bit more. Spicy. Shut up, But yeah. you know what? I said top 15. I was scared. I was scared. I th- I was going to say top 20 because I thought that was bold, but then I moved it up to top 15. But maybe I should have said top 12, like a nice median goalpost to set, you know?
0: Yeah, no, I'd say probably top 12. I, I think that's probably, his ceiling's probably 10th, right? I think wide receiver 10 is probably a ceiling. His four is probably, in my opinion, wide receiver 20. I'd say 24. I don't think it's going to be as big of a deal as people are making it to be. So. I think he'll be fine. Um, but yeah, I hope uh, hope you guys enjoyed those uh, super spicy takes. Um, if we hit on any of them, you'll be sure to know about it. If we don't, um, you'll never remember this episode. So, um, but yeah, we appreciate you guys listening. Again, make sure you like this video. If you haven't subscribed, follow us on Twitter, follow Caleb on all of his things on YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram all the things. Um same with me. It's the same handle for everything. Noah R right. Don't forget the R happens a lot. Um and uh you'll see one of my tweets blow up every so often. For some reason they've been going crazy. They had the Kyle Pitts tweet. They had like almost two hundred likes and I just had this tweet about crap, what did I even just tweet about? Oh I did the uh the, the first week yeah, of yeah,
1: yeah. the twenty the running backs for like, the twenty three class. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I just looked and then I woke up this morning I had like two hundred and seventy five likes which to most people, probably not that much. But for me, little, little old me, I was like, holy crap. Like, let's I'm just like – so, um, but at any rate – You woke so, yeah. up
1: doing the gritty. That's what happened.
0: I did. I was like, oh, my gosh. I got like 50 followers or something. I was like, that's right. Now you get to see my nonsense. But for real, um, follow me on Twitter, and you might see a good tweet every so often. And same with Caleb. His tweets are usually a lot better because they're like, hey, come look at my live draft. And I'm just like, ah, I'm not giving you any live drafts. So sorry. I'm going to tweet nonsense. Um, but, <laughs> but anyway, appreciate you guys, and uh, we'll see you next week.